0: And it's, uh, uh, I'm very, we're very blessed to be a part of the ministry and and the work there in Durham and and are grateful for what the Lord's done in our life and, uh, and grateful for the families that, that he's, uh, he's placed us in. And, uh, we were joking this morning, somebody mentioned about the family all being in and taking up a, a whole section and, and, uh, it is a blessing to be a part of a, of a big family. And, uh and what I grew up in and uh, now my kids are getting to grow up in it and part of it's because of my wife and I because we have seven children and so uh, but but anyways um, if you have your Bibles I just wanted to give you just a quick thought and uh, something that that um, I think has helped me uh, be to get to where I am today uh, for no doubt but in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and look at verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, we'll read just a few verses. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Um, These verses, and mainly verses 8 and 9, have been very very special verses to my family uh, growing up. When I was 11 years old, some of you know this, but when I was 11 years old, um, I had an older sister. She she was uh, she was 14, and uh, December 15th, just a few days ago, uh, would have been 30 years ago uh, when she was 14. She passed away uh, 10 days before Christmas, and um, to be honest with you, you know, I was I was 11 years old. You know, it was a shock to our, our whole family. Uh, it was unexpected she was in a surgery and didn't make it through surgery and um and a lot of question marks my parents no doubt had questions as and and wondering but but I think uh one of the things that that helped me get to where I am today no doubt is how my parents responded in that tragedy and in and in 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 we say tragedy you know in, in a, this side of glory but the Lord knows he had a reason for it and uh and who knows exactly where where us boys would be if uh if she would have wouldn't have if she wouldn't have passed on but um my parents just uh they handled it i think as good as pa- anybody could ever handle and uh they they never is, now i'm sure i'm sure they and the privacy with, with the kids not around, I'm sure they question God and ask God. But they always, to us growing up, they always um, were very strong that the Lord had a reason. The Lord's got a purpose. He's got a plan. They never, I never saw them get bitter. And, you know, those verses were actually uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. They found out afterwards in my sister's Bible that she had claimed those, uh, those verses as her life verse, verses. And uh, there's a lot of things, situations that the Lord did just to, to, uh, to encourage my parents. But, but uh, you know, I was thinking of those verses, and verse 8 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not in distress. And I was thinking, you know, how many times is that true in, uh, in life that when trouble comes? We're, we're in trouble. We don't know. We're perplexed. We're confused. We, there's so many times in life there's, we, we feel like we don't have the answers. We don't know why this happened or why, why br- the Lord brought this in our paths or uh, why this struggle. But, you know, the Lord has it. lot. He, he, he understands. He knows. He's got a plan and a purpose. And, um, and I'm grateful that uh, my parents uh, always, they never, they never got bitter. They always... Uh, pushed us, you know. I, I'm grateful that my father was already in the ministry, and they never pushed us to go to the ministry, but they allowed the Lord to work uh, in our lives. And uh, and if I could, uh, I think one thing that that got us to where I am today is simply the example that I had of my parents growing up. And uh, and that's that's a convicting thought. Me being a parent, and uh, and so. Anyways, just a a short, quick thought, and uh, thank you for uh, the opportunity. And we love getting to be here, and uh, we look forward to uh, spending some days with, few days with family.
1: And so that's it. All right, we're going to take up another offering. No, I'm just Uh, (laughs) kidding. All right, Tara, come on up. Tara is going to help me lead all the kids in the whole auditorium in a couple of songs. So come on, all the kids, come on up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on up here. Pretty good for all that rehearsal time, right? Wow, that looked like they've been out practicing during lunch or something. That's fantastic, fantastic. All right, Michael, come on up. I'm gonna give you two minutes. No, okay.
2: Um,
3: I think you know me. Uh, I did. I guess you went, during the missions conference, I gave my lot of, you know a lot about me from that. I did want to update you on Germany. I went to Germany and I told you we were going. Um, God really moved in Germany. I took Brother Patrick there, who's wanting to join our mission to become a missionary to Germany church planter. We met with the national pastor, a German pastor, who Patrick wants to do his apprenticeship with. And we had a great time meeting him learning to, beginning to understand and learn from him that he's a man of faith that has seen God move and provision for him and his ministry through the years as a young man. Then I went to visit another family that was former church members from when I was a pastor in Germany, and we had a great time with that family, and God is moving in their hearts to put them in the ministry, I think, and uh, I won't tell you what they are considering uh, because it's not done yet, but they're really praying for God's direction in their life. But what I noticed uh, was that God was moving in Germany.
1: Amen.
3: And I think God is moving around the world.
4: Amen.
3: The Bible tells us that Jesus is patient and he's waiting for the first and the latter reign. And I think the latter rain is coming. I talked to another missionary in Germany. He had been there for over 25 years. And he said, Mike, God is moving in Germany like I have never seen. I saw German men after the service weeping. That is not normal. And so um, I'm just excited about what God is doing. So God willing, Brother Patrick will join our mission. Um, Gems and he will start Gems Germany within the next year. I really don't know. Uh, I, let's First Corinthians chapter four. You don't have to turn there. First Corinthians chapter four and verse five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no man, one of you, be puffed up one against the other. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou dost not receive? Now if thou dost receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? I think... I was called to missions when I was nine, and why am, I, why am I where I am doing what I'm doing? Because it's what has been given to me. Right. Yeah. I, that's all I can say. What caused me as a nine-year-old boy to say I want to be a missionary? God. What has, how has my journey gotten to where it is? I can't explain it except say God, and that's how I was raised. I was raised in a, in a home of a preacher who was a country preacher in a small church in a, in a no-name no town in a no-name place, but he was real. I knew my dad, and I knew that he was a great man of God. I watched the difficulties in his life when church would split and people would say all, all kinds of things, and I would say, I know my dad. I live with him. He's not like that. And I think that that's what gave us children the desire to love God and to serve him was he was just who he was because he was who God made him to be. God made him to be one thing. God made me to be a different thing. And both of us are doing what God asks us to do. And I think you'll find out with all these men, we're all doing something different. And it's what God has asked of us. And therefore, there's no glory necessary. There's no boasting necessary. There's no judging necessary because what do we have that we haven't been given to of God? And I think as the latter rain comes, if we can keep focus that God is moving and just say, what does God have for me? Can I, can I work the works of him that sent me? Then I think it's going to be a good rain and many souls will be refreshed. God bless you.
5: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord! All right, uh, we're gonna have another song. You ready?
2: I can be. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I love to see him run. There's wonderful people.
5: Let's do 4:34, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and let's stand, please. We'll do the first and last verse, 4:34. 4, town of Bethlehem how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by
6: yet in
5: thy dark street shineth the everlasting light the hopes Fears of all the years Are met in thee tonight O holy child of Bethlehem Descend to us we pray Cast out our sin and enter in Be born in us today Christmas angels, the great glad tidings swim, oh come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel, thank you, you maybe
1: all right, I want to take this uh, opportunity and just say thank you again for being here, and uh, being part of this day, and And we're going to get done earlier than we expected, I believe. Well, I think, anyway. Uh, But don't be clapping right now. Uh, But we have our third daughter's husband. Now, how they really stack up in the age of the fellas, I don't know. I just knew Luke was the oldest. Uh, I knew that without a shadow of a doubt. yeah, I just got, well, yeah, I got to tell you this. You see, what, what Luke was alluding to about how you dated Ashley, I was walking down a hallway one day at the college, and I never talked to Luke before, and I walked past him, and when I walked past him, God just smote my heart. I mean, I just, like, I know. And so I said, Luke, I need to talk to you. And he, he came into my office, and I said, I got a really strange question to ask you. And he just kind of stared at me because he didn't work in my ministry. We really didn't know each other. He just knew who I was, and I knew who he was. But but, I looked at him and I said, I want to know if you'll take out on a date my daughter. (laughs) And he stared at me and wouldn't answer. And I said, what's the matter, you don't want to? He said, no, which one? (laughs) And I said, oh yeah, I guess there are multiple choices here. <laughs> and so I told him Ashley, and uh, it took him about six months to consider. No, he didn't. He, uh, and so he did. They went out the first time. And after one date, Ashley came running to me and frantic going, Dad, Dad, tell me. If he's not the right one, you've got to tell me now. <laughs> so it's great all right we have our third daughter she's our blonde in more ways than one amen and so and she's married to Dennis Higgins and he's going to come up and talk to you
7: now come on Dennis
1: Well.
7: well I'll just go ahead and say that I'm very nervous about this for some reason I'm not sure exactly why but uh feel very nervous, hearts pounding, and feel like I'm back in homiletics class. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Hooker taught preaching two, and uh, preaching two was where you got to actually do a, quite a bit of preaching. Preaching one was a lot of outline writing and that type of thing, but preaching two was, I remember the first class, he said, put all of uh, everything you learned in preaching one aside, and if you don't, just put it aside and preach from the heart and that type of thing, he said, uh, you'll fail this class, but if you just... Preach from the heart. It'll be fine. But uh, for some reason, it feels like we're back in a class or something. But um, but it's not a competition, right? One of, the, one of these guys said that, I'm sure. Uh, but I'll just quickly um, mention how I first asked Heather out. And uh, just before our first date, I had to ask her dad. And he was in the back of the Sailor Ministry area where they sat uh, in the old auditorium there at 523 Sibley Street Hammond underneath, he was back underneath of the mezzanine and uh, it was before service on Sunday morning and so I found him there where I thought he might be. I remember asking if I could have a date with his daughter Heather and uh, he looked looked at me straight in the eyes and like had my attention and saw our eyes and I'm just, I didn't know what the stare was but without blinking and without me being able to think about anything, his left hand came up like this and smacked me across the head. And I mean, just like that. Like, I'm thinking just, you know, focus on his eyes. I mean, that's all. I'm, why is he staring into my eyes? But it was a setup. And he came. He's a boxer. You know, he's a boxer. And his left, it jabs really quick. And so he just came with that thing and smacked me across the head. And, and then said, get out of here. And so I walked away going, I think that's a yes. I think it, I think it's a yes. And so I had to check later. And I, I think I even maybe checked with you. I think you might have been out in the hallway and said, I just, I don't know. I said, I just... Talked to Brother Hooker and and you said no, it's it's a yes. And so, <laughs> so anyway, so there's that. So that's the one thing I want to share with you that got me to where I am today. <laughs> um, now, as I was thinking about uh, the testimony and and so I'll put I'll tie it together here, but the testimony and and uh, just the thought of uh, one thing that's brought me to where I'm at. First, I thought, well, where am I? And, uh, <laughs> huh? but, I, but it's, it might seem funny, but it's true. I thought, where, where in the world am I? I'm sitting here in, in, some, in a kitchen, in a house, and, and like, what is this? What's life? What's Not to get all uh, philosophical or existential on you, whatever that means, but, but I'm thinking, what, what is this? What's going on? I'm in a house with 40, like, what is all this? 40 people, one, under one roof. It's great, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's bliss, but I'm just thinking. <laughs> what is this? And the truth is, uh, and then this, and I was last night, this morning, up early, uh, just meeting with the Lord and having a cup of coffee, either the coffee or the Spirit spoke to me and said, you're living the dream. And so I thought about that, and, and, uh, and coming in and just knowing where my in-laws are from, and then to see how at this phase in their life, the Lord's brought them here to this church at this point, uh, I thought to myself that, you know, you're living the dream, honestly. And and I'm living the dream, and each one of us is living the dream, and so I want to just give that thought today. I hope that uh, you as well are living the dream. I see, I know some in the room that we went to college together, and just want to, just want to say again, we're living the dream. Are you living the dream? And here's what I'm talking about. In Genesis chapter 37, Joseph was 17 years old, and the story picks up, the story we know of Joseph, and he's dreaming, and he has a dream, has another dream, dreams again, uh, as the story goes on quickly, uh, we would think that, that his dream disintegrates, right? Because things don't go according to plan. Quickly in that chapter, in, in the chapters to follow, uh, it's anything but what I would say would be someone's dream. But it was his dream. And so um, to, to just be honest, uh, that's the way as I look at my life and how it's gone and where I'm at today. It's, it's been about living a dream. But uh, what it is, it's not my dream. It's God's dream, and so within God's dream, there's so many things that we we would not have included. There's so many things that don't go the way that we would have chosen, and and so honestly, um, that's that's just the story of where I'm at at this point in my life. I praise God; I have the chance to uh, be a pastor of a church. It's an amazing a calling and uh, an incredible opportunity. I thank the Lord. It's it's in the city of Philadelphia. We're in the inner city. Uh, we live in, in in the inner city of Philadelphia, and but it's not something it 's actually not something I planned it 's not something I dreamed up it 's not something that, uh, that I would have picked or, or any of this. and so I 'm just thinking of the fact that God had a plan for my life and he has a plan for yours yes, I'm so thankful that, that I surrendered uh, first to salvation in uh, that Jesus had already done all the work and had already paid the price for my sins. I, I knew the message of salvation. My dad was a, a pastor and a church planner. And uh, I heard the gospel probably in in the nursery class first and in junior church, but then there was that night where I surrendered myself and just opened my heart to the Lord and Jesus came in and and that began this wonderful journey Uh, and the Lord had that dream for me to be saved before I ever did. And so he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. But at that moment when you got on the same page with God and got saved, guess what? You started living the dream. and then. Uh, Just moments in our lives where we surrender to the Lord, that's what's brought me to this place, uh, believing I was supposed to go to, well, actually surrendering to preach at the age of 17, and uh, not because my dad was a pastor. People would say, are you going to be a pastor someday, just like your dad? I would say no. I guess I was honorary or something. My dad's an amazing guy, but it just wasn't my dream, it was God's dream. And When I got on the same page with him, that's where everything began to make sense, and then Hiles Anderson College? I mean, would anyone choose to be sub, uh, be in subjection to a rule book and rule all, uh, and, you know, just follow all these rules and all these things? We did it because of the Lord. And so it's a shame so many uh, that, that were with us there and, and uh, now, you know, want to criticize different things. But if you were doing what you were doing for the Lord, yes, you were living the dream then, and we continue it now, following the Lord and living the dream. And so... I had a chance to be an assistant pastor uh, for 10 years and youth director, just living the dream. It was God's dream for me. I didn't pick it, just walked through open doors. Uh, each one of these kids, uh, people would say different points. I've got four children in the room, Jackson, Riley, Hayden, and hope Ireland is somewhere on the property. But, uh, <laughs> but along the way, uh, you know, I had the first one. People would say, well, how many do you think you're going to have? And I, w- I would say, well, they come one at a time. And so we'll we'll see where it goes. Now we're done. But um, <laughs> four and no more. But but honestly, just it's been a journey of I, when I was younger, I had some plans, had some. This is what I want to do. This is, and you would know that about me. But, but over the years, I got nothing. So <laughs> what brought me to where I'm at? Where am I? Just in this journey, we're not. We'll never arrive until we're in heaven. And so I'm just in a journey to either till either the trumpet sounds, or you know I'm, I'm laid out, Lord willing, in a church somewhere. And uh, hopefully we'll have just kept living the dream, not mine, but God's, and and so that's where I'm at. Uh, just to finish with the statement, over the years, uh, years back, but having a conversation about the will of God with uh, Dr. Dennis Coral, Dr. Dennis Higgins, that's my dad, Dr. Bob Hooker, my father-in-law, each one of these men made the uh, same statement to me over the years, three different conversations, three different times about the will of God, and they said uh, that, if if a, any Christian walks with God, they will not miss His will, and so I've just been trying to do that each each day, and uh, that's why I'm where I'm at. Just His dream, and this journey of faith. That's it.
1: Amen. Amen. That's great. Well, I hope it, it's not slipping by. You know, it just. What there's both, all three of these fellows. What you're really getting is, is the fact that that it is a, an incredibly wonderful journey when you get let God take hold of everything. Just let Him do it. And uh, we are, you know, we're living the dream here, uh, it, beyond our comprehension. But God did it. I never dreamed I'd that I I never had a dream we'd come here, but. God knew it. He knew it all along. He knew it way back. So it's, it's amazing when you just let God take control. Well, I'm enjoying this one. <laughs> Matt, you ready? Yeah. I've always been your supporter, Matt. Remember, you love me? This is Matt Turner, and this is our number five daughter. And I don't, again, how old are you, Matt?
4: 36.
1: How old are you, Ness? 38. Oh, okay. So we might have them in order after all. All right, go ahead.
4: (laughs) Um, The ministry I serve is in First Baptist. It's with the men's home. Uh, so I don't get an opportunity to speak too often in front of a lot of people. Normally it's just our small group of, you know, 30 or 40 men, so I'm a little more comfortable there than probably here. Um, <laughs> uh, I was raised in a Christian home, uh, saved at the age of five. Uh, actually went to Hiles with the three men that have already spoken. Uh, ended up leaving there and turning my life in a different direction. Uh, Went to where my parents were living in Knoxville and lived 10 years away from the will of God. I just lived however I wanted, did whatever I felt like I wanted to do, and just did things that weren't pleasing to Christ. Uh, Through a matter of different events, God brought me back to First Baptist Church and the men's home where I now work. Uh, I came there in December 2009, and it took several years of God working with me to get me back in his will. gotten to several different problems as I was there but God worked, God's grace was sufficient uh, in spite of all the things that I had done uh, in spite of the way that I had lived uh, God was still able to yes, take take my ashes and turn them to beauty um, after being in the home for probably about three years uh, similar, similar to uh, the, the different guys that came up and Talked to uh, our father-in-law, but 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 my response was a little different, uh, or his response was a little different. I should say, you know, given the fact that I was living in our our men's home and stuff, and you know, probably c- concerned of my past. Uh, but God still kind of figured out a way to work it all out, and my wife and I began to date, and we only dated for five months and were married that also brought a lot of resistance from the family <laughs> uh, to say the least uh, but uh, God was involved in it and he, he worked it out um, we were married will be five years ago this March uh, we've got two kids and a third one on the way uh, about four years ago we started working with the ministry uh, just in a warehouse position and a year later I was running our thrift store a year later, I was running our men's home, and uh, God just continues to work and give us, give us more than we can handle. Uh, I guess the the one thing that got me here was God's grace. Yeah. You know, he uh, brought me up and out, so, so thank we're you. grateful.:
1: Amen. I especially wanted Matt to. To give his testimony because you know sometimes you 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 look and you think okay everything's uh, christian home pastor's home everything's good 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 but uh, let me just here's how god works things the the day that matt came to me about taking out amber i'll be honest with you i'm not sure you know at that point you know, she had lost her husband, Matt Guzzi, and she was an adult woman, she's living with us. But I really, one, I respected the fact that he came to me because he didn't have to, but he still did. And I respected that. But it also, it came at a um, the real, t- m- most, I, I guess most crucial time that he came to me to talk to me about Amber, it was, probably one of the biggest crises I thought in my life that day uh, and and I my brain was in a total fog I don't remember much we talked about except that I okayed him and I said yeah go ahead I'm, I'll be honest with you I believe God did that I believe God did that because you know, you know when when you've got six daughters and every one of them is, is married you know pastors, sons and different things and the background, and then Matt had struggled, I, you know, there was just, there was a lot of concerns, and so, but uh, God, I think, as I look back on it, I believe he orchestrated that day, I believe he orchestrated the things that happened after that, and the truth is, from, from that point on, he gave me more of a peace I think, than anybody else in the family had <laughs> uh, about Matt. And, and I'll tell you something else about him. I knew, you know, Matt first came around our house uh, to do some work for, for me. And he was doing it the way I like it, free. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, but I watched a fella that worked like a, a maniac. I mean, he worked. But he didn't just work fast and hard. Everything had to be right. And I said, you know, that's, I, I'll be honest with you, one of the big things I look for in guys dating my daughters, you know, they say, you know, how's his grades? You yeah, know, that's secondary. How's his ministry work? Okay, that's thats on this other side of this. I want to know, does he have the character to work and pay his bills? Right. And Matt was doing that. I remember. And, uh, it, and God is really blessing. Uh, you know, I think most of the time he's good to Amber. So... Uh, <laughs> so no they're doing a great job and God has just opened door after door for them and and really he's taking you, you know everything we go through is a is is a life it, it, we can use it god can use everything that we go through and got what god did in in Matt's life gave him a heart and a burden to do that for other men you understand what i'm saying Ken? Yeah. gave him a heart and a burden to do that for other men and 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 that's that's his love, and that's his life, and that's what they're doing, and I'm thrilled of them, and I'm proud of them. I wanted to say all that now because I want to say things like I'm proud of them and good because the next one's Nate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, our daughter number number six, and uh, that's Tara, and she married Nate Beal and and uh, California boy. That, that should have been enough to shut it down there, but... but uh, uh, Nate's going to come up speak to you now. Come on up, Nate.
6: Well, saving the best for last, so I'm going to see how it is. Uh, I love you church. Thank you so much for how good you are to our uh, in-laws and we've been beneficiaries of your food already this week. Um, I, uh, I was introduced to your church years ago. My older brother Caleb uh, married Bethany Butler who grew up here. So I was here for the wedding and um, probably met some of you then. Um, but uh, that was a few years ago. I had a little more hair, had fewer pounds on me. Um, but anyway, uh, I met my wife when I was I think 15 and uh, went on a date with her in high school. I don't, I'm, sure, I'm not sure why uh, my father-in-law said yes, sir, other than that I don't think he liked her current boyfriend. But uh, when I went to Bible college, we were both 17 and started dating. And uh, she's really, really about the only girl I've ever dated and definitely the only girl I've ever loved. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we dated all through college and got married. And shortly after college, we uh, helped start a couple churches in Indiana. And then uh, three years ago, we moved with the, uh, their other daughter, Candace, and her husband, Ken, who are not here. They're, he was preaching today in Cincinnati to help start uh, Faithway Baptist Church, which is where we cu- are currently at. And uh, we are just transitioning now into starting deputation part-time in the Midwest, and then April we'll be on the road full-time um, as uh, representatives in Latin America for CORE missions. Um, and I'm going to just uh, just briefly tell you a little bit about the ministry and, and what we, we do. CORE stands for Center on Remote Evangelism. Um, our desire is to see the gospel go to either underreached or, or uh, uh, unreached people groups or underserved areas of the world. Uh, and it's going to tie into the verse I want to share with you here and I'll, I'll read just a, a moment and, and we'll get out of here, get on to our uh, opening presence and everything else. Um, <clears throat> so we partner with foreign missionaries um, that have trained national pastors to plant uh, autonomous churches. Uh, many, many missionaries um, for the last a couple hundred years, I, uh, on the video that I have um, talks about um, when the first missionary in the late 1700s was sent out of um, the U.S., uh, it was a missionary, uh, George Lyles, to uh, Jamaica, and at that time there were 1.5 billion people on our planet, and today there are over 7.5 billion people uh, on our world. Every single day, 200,000 people are being added to our, to our world. And the, the 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 need for churches to be planted around the world is more important than it ever has. As Mike said, we are getting very close. We think, at least many do, um, to the, the to, to the Lord coming and returning. And it's our job in the time that we have left to take the gospel to uh, to Memphis, to take the gospel to our country, and to take the gospel around the world. Um, many of the missionaries that we work with have been on the field for years and years, and have um, some of them started Bible colleges and institutes and have trained young men to go out and start works to plant churches and that is what the gospel is all about. Um, like myself, like I did the last five years as we helped start churches here in the, in the U.S., we've, many of these men are working full-time jobs. Um, I've been uh, in sales for the last five years as we've been helping these churches plant, and I understand um, how difficult it is to be fully invested and involved in your ministry when you're having to spend hours and hours, like I'm sure many of the people in, in this room do every day, uh, punching the clock. So what CORE does is comes alongside those missionaries to help raise funds so, that these national pastors can spend a period of two years um, living off that support of usually just a couple hundred dollars a month and not have to work a secular job, so that they can be focused on planning churches. Uh, and then, Lord willing, in that time, they, their churches can grow to the point where they're self sufficient and that money can go elsewhere. Um, what my wife and I will be doing, we'll be doing a little bit more on the training side. Um, we're writing a curriculum right now that we're going to take all of our pastors through to make sure that we are sound in doctrine and that um, as. Uh, these young men go out and plant churches that, as they are tested um, uh, by those in, in, their, in their villages, that they would have the correct answers and that would, they would be ready to give an answer um, uh, to the faith that was uh, put to them. So pray for us, if you would, that God will raise up uh, churches to support us, but also just pray um, that God will give us the faith, the faith to make the next steps um, that he's going to have for us. I had a, a couple of verses for you to share in Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that you will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, a shepherd, having a shepherd, uh, a pastor is very, very important. I can think of many of the biggest decisions I made in my life um, w- were things that I ran by, uh, my shepherd, I've had I've had four of them in my lifetime uh, as pastor of the church. But you know what? I've also had uh, men like uh, my father-in-law here, men like my own father, who have been shepherds in my own life and helped me, uh, guide me in the decisions that we make. And every village around the world uh, needs a shepherd. I was thinking as um, uh, with Pastor Mike I was able to visit his work in Ghana a couple years ago and he's planting churches around this huge lake and Lord willing, at one time, in years from now, there's going to be a gospel preaching church in every one of those villages because every one of them needs Needs a pastor. Uh, and as I've seen in in both uh, in, in, uh, many countries that I've been to around the world, in these little tiny pockets of the world, little villages uh, where oftentimes you, you can't get there by a car, you sometimes have to hike in or take a motorcycle in, uh, and there'll be a little tiny building or someone's house that's being used as a church, and some man will be getting up on a Sunday and faithfully preaching and teaching the Word of God. So I, I, as those verses said, I hope that we will pray for laborers both in your church here that your young people would be open and, and willing to go around the world if that's what god calls them to do to spread the gospel and that god would help those missionaries that today uh earlier today in the time zones and later today around the world as they're preaching the gospel that god would raise up pastors in their midst that would go out much like the man in, in germany is going to do to go and plant churches that god would raise up many many shepherds so that we could see many people being added to his kingdom
5: hey, hey, hey.
1: I've never heard a man that never takes a breath when he <laughs> speaks. <laughs> he has to go back down and go, <laughs> <laughs> round two. Uh, you know, like the, you know Our church is blessed that in uh, January, we, uh, I think it's five of us now, five of us from our church here will be going to Africa uh, with Michael, you know, to go out and, uh, go to the villages again. And so that's a big blessing. Me, I think that's a great, great thing for five people from our church, five men from our church to go. And sometime in the future, hopefully we can get some of the ladies to go so we can really get the work done. But, uh, but, uh but we're looking, looking forward to that. Uh eventually, you know, that's kind of a dream, do some more things with missions with our young people, maybe make a, a, a mission trip, maybe not to Africa to start off, but to make a mission trip somewhere. And so, uh, God has been mighty good to us, folks, mighty good. Um, some, you know, tonight is going to be, you know, some it'll just be endless presents, some it'll be uh, a present or two, you know, when you, but the, but the truth is, if you're if you're building the right kind of family, if the relationships are the right way, it's not about how many presents are under the tree, how big the packages are, or anything yeah. else. It's a, it's just the sheer enjoyment of being able to give. It's the enjoyment of of being together. It's the enjoyment of knowing that you have the Lord in your life. And uh, you know we. We gather together with our family, and, and uh, t- tonight we'll gather with Joe Best, some of Joe Beth's family. Tonight we'll have some things with them, and then tomorrow we'll gather with some of my family. Uh, pray for my brother. He's, uh, I, w- I just would love to hear that he's well enough to maybe at least get out for Christmas. Um, but, but, you know, the Lord has been so good to us throughout whatever you're going through, whatever your situation just take some time and just thank him for his goodness. Amen. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his patience in our lives. Thank him for his protection and provision. God's mighty, mighty good to us. Yes, well, what we're going to do is I want to, uh, uh, we're just, I, I'm trying, to. I, I think, How let's just sing one. Do you have a, a just, amazing grace. amazing grace.
5: All right. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. Let's all stand, 244, Amazing Grace. Amazing, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see t'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious is. grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers toils and snares I have already come tis grace hath brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home when we've been there ten thousand years bright shine
1: I'm just going to close this with a word of prayer. But before I do, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful evening, a wonderful day tomorrow, a wonderful holidays if, you're, if you've got a few days off. Oh, yes. Thank you. Outside. Is it to the right on the table? No? Straight ahead? We'll find them. They're out there. Uh, every family... They goes out, every family, somebody represented for the family, if you go out, uh, we have a, a big thing of a plate of cookies for you. Uh, and this is an honor of Mr., uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hansen, who are, of course, they were